Dear Lord, this day we come to sing a new song. For you, O God, have done marvelous things. We pray, God, that you continue to do so on our behalf and through us, that we might be marvelous on someone else's behalf. Use me now as your vessel, and may each of us together experience your presence so that our hearts might burn and we might leave here changed, closer to your image. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we all said, Amen. So this evening, I ask that you might reflect with me and pray with me on the topic, the advanced team. You've heard the Old Testament text read this evening, coming from the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20. But if you would indulge me, I just want to highlight a few of those verses as a setup for our time together. Jehoshaphat said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. So the king then bowed down his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They then rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, King Jehoshaphat appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy splendor. And they went out before the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. These singers, praisers, tribe of Judah, were an advanced team. What is an advanced team? It is the team that goes to a location before the arrival of a dignitary, a celebrity, or a politician to fully scope out the area and to anticipate any security threats, any traps, any bombs, and prepare for the main event. For instance, the presidential advance team, known as the most complex, expensive, and thorough advance unit in the world, includes logistics and security for the president's motorcade, as well as employing secret service against the 500 or more death threats on average a president receives every month. The advance team checks under bushes and around trees and in cars and surrounding buildings for any possible threat. And they also search all the people in attendance to make sure that they're not carrying any weapons or items that could be used as such. The advance team also flies in the president's motorcade and maps out the exact route of the motorcade so that it is secured. The advance team leaves no detail unattended to ensure the safety of the president and that the show will go on without a hitch. Essentially, the advance team prepares the way for the president, the representative and the symbol of a nation and its power, to arrive in any destination 
secure. So let's shine a spotlight on the advanced team in tonight's text. In 2 Chronicles, we are told that an attack on the tribe of Judah is imminent. The tribe of Judah is the largest tribe of Israel and the leading tribe of the kingdom of Judah. It is the tribe that David, the dancer, the psalmist, the king, and his royal line belong to. And ultimately, it is the line from which our Messiah, Jesus the Christ, descends. Other biblical notables that hail from the tribe of Judah include literary prophets Isaiah and Amos, Habakkuk, Joel, Micah, Obadiah, Zechariah, and Zephaniah. The leader of the tribe of Judah in our text today is King Jehoshaphat. And the text tells us that just after seeking guidance from the Lord and before marching forward into battle, he calls upon his artists, his singers, and appoints them to sing to the Lord and to praise God for the splendor of God's holiness. Essentially, these singers, these artists, are his advance team. They go out at the head of the army singing, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And as they begin to sing, the Lord sets ambushes against the enemies, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah and they were defeated. By the time Jehoshaphat and his army of folks arrive to the battleground, they're already defeated. The advance team shows the power of praisers, shows the power of song. It shows that its eyes, as it turns our eyes through praise and song to God in the moment of battle or in the face of insurmountable odds, in the face of injustice, the face of hopelessness or the face of darkness, that when they sing and our eyes turn to God, all of a sudden there's possibility in the midst of impossibility. All of a sudden our heads are lifted up to realize that we are not in this fight by ourselves. All of a sudden, even perhaps the enemy, the threat, the challenge has to lift its eyes up to see who's on our side. The practice of the advance team in Second Chronicles also paves the way for the Magnificat sung by Mary in today's gospel reading. In Luke's text, we hear Mary powerfully singing lyrics that prepare the way for our Jesus to enter into the world. This Magnificat sung by Mary has been considered one of the most revolutionary hymns ever sung. Revolutionaries, the poor and the oppressed, all loved Mary, and they emphasized her glorious song. But her Magnificat is so revolutionary that many in power view it as dangerous. So there have been countries such as India and Guatemala and Argentina that have outright banned the Magnificat from being recited in liturgy or in public. 
In this Magnificat, through her proclaiming praise, Mary is no longer just a silent member of the nativity or a holy womb for God or an obedient and compliant girl. No, when she sings these words, she becomes a soldier, a warrior on the battlefield for the Lord, a part of the advance team that ushers God's presence and power into our very midst and through her song. She elevates our minds and our hearts and our souls to encounter a God who sits high and looks low, a God who is intimately concerned with being proximate with us in this life on earth and who cares about our political and social and economic disparities and realities. Both of these texts, show us how powerful and transforming and essential praise and worship is to the life of a believer and the body of believers who are part of the transforming work that God is doing on this earth. Why was the praise in this Old Testament pericope and this New Testament pericope so powerful? A few things that they show us. First, is that there is power in praise. Now, don't look around, but I, I just wonder, have you been one who just sings the songs as they're written on the page to get through the service so that you can head out to breakfast, brunch, or dinner? Don't, don't shake your head. Perhaps you're the one who listens to the music and not the lyrics. But let me encourage us all tonight to take another look at the power of praise, at the words we learn to the songs in Sunday school and that have been sung so powerfully tonight in our midst. There is truly power in praise. You don't believe me? Let's dive a little deeper together. These brothers in the tribe of Judah who went out before Jehoshaphat's army were not merely performing. They were not merely singing. Their artistic expression was more about faith than about talent. If we as the church could make more of an effort to move away from performance and move into true praise and worship, how much more impact could we have in our communities, in our cities, states, nations, and world what if we focused more on the God-given gift rather than perfected talent? Now, when I say church, I don't just mean all saints. I mean, when we look at the church, universal, and the ability to impact the very world, to, to, to bring forth God's will on earth as it is in heaven, the context in which they sang was one in which they were heading into impending hell. They didn't have just one group of enemies that they had to confront, but multiple. Anybody ever known the reality and the feeling of walking into something where you knew you were going to lose? Walking into a situation that you couldn't see your way through. You couldn't strategize around it. I, I mean, I know that we like to celebrate our victories, but 
there's often the moment before the victory happens where we don't quite know if we can make it, if we can do it, if we can win. This is the context that this tribe of Judah has to sing through and not only sing through, lead the people into. So their faith the night before was strengthened by Jehoshaphat's preaching and praying and reminding that they were the very children chosen by the living God. This faith that they had imbued their praise, not unlike the faith that imbued Mary's praise in the Magnificat. Remember, the angel Gabriel came to her because she was shown, has shown herself to be a faithful young woman, blessed and highly favored. Her song, her Magnificat, was not some empty song that just sounded good to be looked over in anticipation for the birth of Christ. No, her song had a powerful purpose based in her faith. Through her song, she began to prepare a way for the power of a miracle-working God, a God who would bring forth the Savior of the world through her very womb. And when this Savior comes, this Savior will bring justice in the midst of injustice. This Savior will scatter the proud and bring down the powerful from their thrones and lift up the lowly. The power of her praise was to make a way such that the hungry would be filled with good things and send the rich away, that, that through this song she was preparing a way to help his servant Israel and, and provide an opportunity for those to come like us to connect to a Savior who came to bring good news to the poor, who came to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Her song was power in praise. Tribe of Judah's song was power in praise. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and theologian whom we've talked about frequently, was executed by the Nazis, called Mary's song. The most passionate, the wildest, and one might even say, most revolutionary hymn ever sung. Their praise, undergirded by faith, called out the faith that says that even though things are not going well for me, even today we can still say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. There is power in praise. Not only is that power in praise imbued by our faith, so essential to understanding the power of tonight's fellowship. But it is also important to remember that the praise that we have is our battle cry. I mentioned that through the Magnificat, Mary transitioned into a soldier on the battlefield for the Lord. When we sing with spirit and in truth, we join in the great fight for justice, for love, for hope, in the midst of hopelessness and a joy that will bring forth our strength once again. Artists, choirs, dancers, you're essential to our victories. Don't you know that the battles we fight are not just physical, but also spiritual? 
The Bible tells us that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. The battles that we are in, we may not easily see, but they're real. When we come to church, for instance, we might put on the nicest clothes and the best makeup and the nicest cologne and perfume, but it can't hide the fact that we might be struggling inside, that our spirit might not be at peace and might not be all as well, that we're trying to hold on to our faith or fight an illness that doesn't seem to have an end or fighting through the threat of divorce or fighting through the, 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 the challenges before us in our home, in our workplaces, in our society. But our praise is our way through. Our praise paves a way for believers to follow and sets the atmosphere, cast the vision of what can be with God. It's no mistake that the civil rights movement here, Atlanta, the home of, was preceded by the Harlem Renaissance. The Harlem Renaissance, an, a historical moment where amazing poets and visual artists and musicians came together and in that moment of synergy wrote poems that cast a vision that America actually could be diverse. As Langston Hughes said, I too am America, brought forth songs that, that, that propelled and catapulted black and brown voices and bodies into the public space that humanized them in ways that they had not been humanized before. This Harlem Renaissance was like an advance team for the civil rights movement and paved the way so that society could not only hear the beautiful poetry and the amazing intellect of a James Baldwin and, and, and the beautiful songs of a Billie Holiday or a Josephine Baker and the amazing writing of a Zora Neale Hurston, but when they heard and saw and experienced, they realized there was a humanity that needed to include more faces more experiences, more culture. That artistry paved the way for the move for justice in this country. Our praise is our battle cry. It confounds the enemy. It causes the enemy to turn in on itself. It changes the atmosphere and it reorients our focus so that like the psalmist, we can proclaim the one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Our praise finally this night ignites God's hand and sets us up for victory as their praises went up, the tribe of Judah and Mary, blessings came down. David tells us in Psalm 50, He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he who prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. How many of you need God to move? I always say, I don't worship God in vain. Why? 
I worship because I need God every day. Do you need God to move on your heart, to move on your mind, to quell worry and anxiety? Do you need God to make a way for you in some places where your resume can't, where your bank account can't? Do you need God to help reconcile with someone in your family, your community, your home? Do you need God to send a fresh wind of revival into your very spirit? We didn't come tonight to play. We came to experience the move of God in our midst. And thank God for those who led us forth in praise, who prepared a way so that tonight maybe you could have an experience you never imagined. Oh, sweet Holy Spirit, move in this place. This praise led them to victory and battle, continued to follow them all the way home, ushered forth new opportunity and terrain in the promised land. So you might be like me, not a great singer, maybe not able to dance all that well, but I've seen God's hand in my life. And I know that when we praise God, we can defeat the enemies in our midst. So as the psalmist says tonight, will you bless the Lord at all times? Perhaps you might be moved to even stand. Perhaps you might be moved to, to wave your hand. You can do so in this place. Won't you join in and praise God with me? Praise God in this sanctuary. Praise God in his mighty heavens. Praise God for his acts of power. Praise God with the sounding of the trumpet, the harp and the lyre. Praise God with the timbrel and dancing. Praise God with the strings and the piano and the saxophone and the trombone and the bass and the drums and the beating of your feet and the clapping of your hands and the raising of your voice. Won't you praise God with me tonight? For there are some battles that you're facing and only praise will help you to make your way through. God is inviting you to prepare a way. Join in as an advanced team. Praise God this day. Glory to your name, O oh God. Glory to your name, O oh God. We praise you in this place. O oh God, as we praise you in spirit and in truth. Descend huh, upon us. Breathe your healing breath upon us, God. Oh, we stand in awe of you. We know, God, that through you, miracles still happen. Oh, God. Hear our prayer, oh, God. 
Your children tonight are calling out to you. And God, only you can hear their cry. Only you know the burdens upon their hearts. Only you know the challenges before them. Hear our prayer, O oh God. And we'll do our very best to honor you, to remember you through our praise and our worship. And together, we all said, Amen. Amen.